Well, tonight we begin uh, chapter 16 in the confession. And one thing just cause us to kind of take a little step back. Uh, believe it or not, this is uh, session 56, um, and we're in chapter 16 now. Um, we've not been moving light speed, but that's been our intention uh, to not just fill our minds, uh, but to cause us to kind of pause, to think. And we've used the confession not as our source of truth, but as a, as a tool to take the teaching of Scripture and bring it down into a systematic way of learning, that we could learn truth. And uh, the, the confession lays itself out in such a way that um, it's very logical. Think about this. Begins in chapter 1 of the scriptures, the Holy Scriptures, that all truth comes from the Word of God revealed by God in it. Then in the Word of God, we see God himself revealed, being the Trinity, his decrees. We see what he has made in creation, how he has made through his providence. That's two, three, chapter 2, 3, 4, 5. And then in chapter 6, we see the fall of man, sin, and punishment. But then God, who is a gracious covenanting God, makes a covenant. What is the covenant? It is Christ, the mediator. But then once that foundation is laid, we understand sin, we understand our condition in light of who God is, we understand free will. But then how God saves And brings people into the covenant are chapters 9 and following. Excuse me, chapters 10 and following. The effectual call. The call that is not just the general call, but the one that God awakens us and gives us new life to respond to his call. And then he justifies us. He adopts us. He sanctifies us. He gives us saving faith. And then as we just finished chapter 15, he gives us repentance unto life and to salvation. So, granted, that's been over the last year plus, but we've been walking through these things. And in that order, we understand, as chapter 16 is, of good works. That this does not belong up in chapter 5. It doesn't belong even in chapter 10, meaning good works, and then the effectual call is able to happen because of our good works. Good works is placed after God has called us. He has awakened us to new life. He has caused us to respond by being justified. He has adopted us. He's sanctified us. He's given us faith and repentance. And then we see the fruit of that being good works. Any mixture of that leads to a works-based salvation and not a work of God salvation. So look at the paragraph with me. Now, this paragraph, uh, I think, or this uh, chapter, I think is seven chapters or paragraphs long. And when you compare it to the Westminster Confession of Faith, out of the seven paragraphs, there's like two words that are different. Um, the Savoy Declaration, uh, which is kind of a falls out, uh, or is not falls out, it comes uh, from the Westminster, very similar. So there's times when the, the London Baptist Confession is very different than the Westminster Confession, but here's a chapter that is almost verbatim. And uh, look at paragraph one on the screen. Good works 
are only such as God has commanded in his holy word, and not such as without the warrant thereof are derived by men out of blind zeal or upon any pretense of good intentions. Paragraph 2. These goods work, good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. And by them, believers manifest their thankfulness, strengthen their assurance, edify their brethren, adorn the profession of the gospel, stop the mouths of the adversaries, and glory God, whose workmanship they are, created in Christ Jesus thereunto, that having their fruit unto holiness, they may have the end eternal life. So let's rewind a little bit and look. What is the definition of good works? I remember about, it's probably been eight years ago, I heard R.C. Sproul speaking about good works and gave a definition of good works that really challenged me because it caused me to then go back to the scriptures and say, well, what is a good work? And when you get to, I think it's paragraph 6 or 7 in this chapter, we begin to understand that mankind, unregenerate, unsaved mankind, cannot do good works. There are things that may be beneficial and somewhat in accordance with God's will, but it is not a good work. Because the definition of a good work is this, is it, is it all, they are all actions done by faith, in obedience to God's commands. Thanks, David. You were like in two places at one time. Good works are this. All actions that are done by faith in obedience to God's commands. Each one of those pieces is important. That it is an action, not just a thought. It's an action that is done by faith. There is a faith that is producing it. And it's done, and the action that is done is in accordance and obedience to what God has commanded. Look at Micah 6, 8 on the screen, and and it's a verse you might be familiar with, but I encourage us to memorize this. It says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. God is the one who shows us what is good. And it is that which he requires of us. Again, what are good works? It is what God has commanded. God alone determines what is good because by definition, he is good. And therefore, all he does and all he commands is good. We define goodness not from our perspective, but from God's perspective. And that's the important aspect Often, like, I I just, I googled, like, what is good works? And it's interesting, uh, the the definitions. The definitions do not come anything like this. But a good work is that which God has required and is the action done by faith. The Apostle Paul, when he stood before King Agrippa in Acts 26, said this, verses 19 and 20. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent 
turn to God and do works befitting repentance. Interestingly enough, that's not a phrase he came up with his own. Luke chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus speaking, says, Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. One little tidbit. Matthew 3, 8 and Luke 3, 8. Almost, it's, this, it's a parallel passage. And it's kind of interesting that you, you look at one, you're like, wait, is this the right verse reference? And it's the same quotation of Jesus saying, bear fruits worthy of repentance. But notice, it is a fruit that comes after repentance. It is a good work that takes place. But we must be careful. Good works are not from man's zeal or man's good intentions. Notice in paragraph 1, it says, they're not devised by men out of blind zeal or upon any pretense of good intentions. There are many things that are done with good intentions. But from God's perspective, it doesn't make it a good work. If it is not in accordance with God's word, if it is not what God has commanded, it's not a good work. Again, when we don't follow God's commands and scriptures, we end up, like Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 9, in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. We take what we've invented and say, here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to live. Here's what you need to do. And God says, they're worshiping me in vain. Even the parallel passage from this morning in Matthew 23, 1-4, said Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do, for they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one finger or with one of their fingers. Again, we must be very careful. Cause me to, to even think about this this afternoon. When we see the unbiblical pattern of a woman pastor, she is not doing good works because it is not within God's commands. She may have the best of intentions, but if she is outside the scope of what God has commanded, it is not a good work. And that was an example of that just kind of working through, okay, what does this look like? Because there is much that we do of good intentions. One of the reasons that people have said that this, um, this chapter in the confession is so long is that it's very careful to articulate to make sure when we've been understanding that we're adopted freely, we're saved, but then we just throw God's law out. 
That's called antinomianism, anti-law or against the law. To say, well, if I'm saved by grace, I don't have to follow God's law. But there we understand that that is false because we have been saved for good works. And what is a good works? It is what God has called us to do. Now again, we must be careful of the order. Legalism is thinking that man's rules... Man can create rules to attain God's favor. And very easily when we begin to say, let's look at God's word, let's look to try to obey God's word, people say, well, you're just trying to be legalistic. And the question is, well, why are we doing the good works? Is it unto God for his praise or is it unto God for trying to get salvation? It leads us two directions. We must look for the evidence in our life, the evidence of good works. Let's look at the importance of good works. Sam Waldron in his exposition on the the confession, um, I'm going to take these three points from him. He said, first of all, in paragraph two, uh, what is the importance of good works? Number one, because of their testimony. Because of their testimony. Notice paragraph two. David, do you mind throwing that on the screen? These good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. The the evidence, the testimony that they bring, the good works. It is the fruit of saving faith. How do we have saving faith? Is it a work of ourselves? No, it's a work of God's grace. James chapter 2 Verse 18 says, but some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. And then down in verse 22, do you see that faith was working together with his works and works was made, excuse me, and by works, faith was made perfect. Now, again, throughout scripture, we understand what the word perfect means to be complete, not to accomplish it, but to show the the, the proof of it. So that last line, and by works, faith was made perfect. The action of the works showed that the faith that God had put there was a true, genuine, saving faith. It uses a, that phrase, a lively faith. Uh, I think it was Calvin uh, who, who, would, who would say uh, that a faith must be alive But then he also said, faith alone saves, but saving faith is not alone. You see that on the screen? Kind of a a play on words a bit there. But notice, faith alone saves us. But a saving faith that God has placed in us is not alone. It is followed, I'll add to that, by good works is what he's meaning. So first of all, the good works are important because their testimony. They show the work of God, but also they bring results. There are um, evidences or the, the, um, the things that they produce. And I'll just list these fairly quickly. You can see them, but they, sh- um, they cause us to show thankfulness. First Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that Why? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The fruit of our salvation also strengthens the assurance of our salvation. 
1 John 2, 3. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Again, it's not we do the works to know God, but because we know God, we do good works. Another result of the good works is that they edify other Christians. Second Corinthians 9, 2. For I know that your willingness, about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. There was something that they did that caused the saints to be encouraged. But also our good works show the beauty of the gospel. Just like Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Another result is that it would silence God's enemies. Peter writes in 1 Peter 2, 12, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Verse 15, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. How do we put to silence the ignorant and foolish men? Through our good works. What are good works? Actions done by faith in obedience to God's commands. But in the end, our good works are to glorify God. We just saw that in Matthew 5, 16. We do our good works so that the people may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. And then Ephesians 2, 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What do our actions do? Do they bring glory to God? Do they reaffirm a a gospel truth that we recognize that we are sinners saved by grace? Or do our lives mar the testimony of God? In the end, number three, because of their role, uh, works are important. We've been created for them, as we just saw in Ephesians 2.10. But eternal life lies at the end of their path. Romans 6.22 says, But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. I, I can't help but to, to think about Pilgrim's Progress. Sam Waldron put it this way, good works, meaning they are the way, but they are not the gate. The Christian life does not begin in good works. The gospel is not the start doing good things. The Christian life begins in repentance and faith, and before it does works works fit for repentance. Again, they are the way but not the gate. And I think that's a great picture in our minds as we kind of begin this chapter looking at what does Scripture teach about good works is that we are called to good works. Even when we understand that salvation is by God alone in His work, there is a role of good works that follow 
improve the work of God in our lives. I just want to close with 1 John 2. John writes, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. May that be our prayer tonight. Let's pray. Lord, in all of the study of your word, we do confess that salvation is all of you. That there is nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. Yet, when you have saved us, Lord, you have called our lives to be just bountiful harvests of good fruit. Yielding it to the praise of your glory. Father, help us. Help us not to put our trust in our good works. Help us not to um, reverse the order of salvation. But may the good works produce a fruit that is evident, that, that beautifies the, the gospel, that, that brings a picture uh, to those who we are around of, of you, the amazing God, who calls your people out of darkness and brings us into your marvelous light. Lord, help us to be full of good works. Help us to keep your word because we love you. Lord, it, it is a battle that we face. But Lord, strengthen us in the journey, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.